This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. How are you, Jams? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? All right. We're down an eight today, which is a shame. I think you you would have made great grist out of a dog speedrunner. Do you know? Yeah, well. In many ways, we know all dogs speedrunning life. It's been very cold. Have you been cold? I've been. Uh, it's quite warm on my flat, but yeah, the, out, the outside is uh, a, a bitter British winter, unfortunately. Very bitter. Yeah. I'm hoping for snow, but um, uh, welcome, listener. I should say to this uh, season three, episode two of the Electronic Wireless Show podcast. As you may have inferred today, we're going to talk a bit about speed running. Um, but uh, yeah, we're de- stars. We mean to go on. Nate's not here. Second, second episode of the year, <laughs> and we're already down a man. But he'll be back next week, I'm sure. Fifty percent attendance rate. <laughs> but that it'll go up as the year goes on. Do you know? I hope. Uh, hopefully. Imagine if it stayed at fifty percent. That would be co- quite something. But yeah, good. Good. How's January been? Yeah, it's 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 been good for me. Um. A lot, a lot of the weekend I went to see, do you know the play that goes wrong? Oh, I have heard of it, yeah. Yeah, so I saw that. The week. I saw, yeah, I absolutely loved it. Um, it's it's probably too like location-specific to be my recommendation this week, but I, I do recommend it, to be clear. Uh, for listeners who aren't familiar as well, it's a comedy play presented as an amateur dramatic production of a like this straightforward murder mystery that instantly starts falling apart due to... Like the actors cocking up, or props being misplaced, or the set literally falling apart, um, is, is 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 very 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 funny, very like dense with jokes. Um, uh, it made me think actually as well. Are there any games that do a kind of like breaking down bit in terms of like the levels or the interface um, like going wrong, but for oh. but for comedic effect rather than dramatic effect? There's one that's like really make you think, um, and. Oh, it's like a game. It starts off as a game, and then it becomes uh, different kinds of game, and then it's in French and stuff. Um, I ca- I played it years ago. Um, oh. Yeah, I can't. I, I think that Stanley Parable occasionally does something similar, but in maybe more of a like satirical way. If you're an indie developer and, you, and you've made a a game that is intentionally bad. Uh, let us know because I'd want to play it. I, th- I think it was called "This Is a Game" or something. That's a, no, oh, that, that sounds remember. right. Actually, I think 
I I vaguely know the one you're talking about. It's it's it's. It was something like yeah, that. Yeah, I, re- I remember. Sorry, I, re- I remember the switch into French. I think. Yeah, I think we were talking about it on Sack or something. Um, yeah, we'll look it up. I can't remember. I'll try. I'll put the link in the show notes. But I remember it was called something like "This is a game" because when it turned into French, I remember being cross that they didn't change the title in French to "This is not a game," which would be a good, you know, mimetic <laughs> French art joke. Um, but um, yeah, there was that. There's, I suppose, arguably, uh, some of Mullins get like uh, Pony Island, that sort of. Okay, I've not played it. Uh, that sort it's you're playing an arcade game and then it turns out you're not playing an arcade game kind of I guess um, so there's maybe that but um, I don't know you know that's a yeah. good question untapped market a very untapped market um, for jolly good I'm glad January's been slow for me so I'm glad that you've been having a nice January does the play that goes wrong go wrong in different ways each night or do they have a set way that it goes wrong I don't that that it it well I presume it goes wrong the same way each night um but that it's you know that they get they get pretty immersive with it like I I don't want to just like give away jokes but there's a joke about like a they're supposed to have a dog in the play and um, they obviously don't have a dog in the play, but j- whilst everyone is like sitting down before the play starts, there's like a stage manager going around, and be like, "Has anyone seen a dog?" So that <laughs> it, it, it's it's pretty clever actually how they like play with the uh, I don't know the the for, the format of a of a theatre production um, to like set to set up jokes. Well, speaking of setups, I'll tell you where I've seen a dog. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> Yes, this week uh, we're talking about Awesome Games Done Quick, which is still ongoing. Um, it is a... How long has it been going now? Oh, Jeez. Years. Years. Be- it part, raises millions every year. Definitely. Best part of a decade. Um, it's people doing speedruns for charity, doing weird and wonderful speedruns. There's still a lot to, to come. One of the things I like about it is that you can, while the streams are ongoing, you can just turn it on at a random time and like just see some guy speedrunning some game from the 90s that you've never fucking heard of. Mm. And he's wearing like a cowboy hat and a feather boa. <laughs> and you just sit and watch it and sort of disassociate for 40 minutes. Uh the there's, there's uh, stuff that I am looking forward to seeing. Soul's doing a Baldur's Gate three speedrun on Saturday. You could check out the whole schedule. I'll put the the link in the show notes. The the sort of banner, the marquee thing that people have been talking about from this year's uh, Awesome Games Done Quick is a a dog, the most internet dog, because it's a Shiba Inu called Peanut Butter, <laughs> who has been trained for a year to uh, <laughs> to <laughs> press buttons on command. Um, at the instruction of, of his trainer, JSR, who is a speedrunner, um, to play a game called Gyromite. Gyromite. It's, I don't, I was not familiar with it, but you, uh, uh, there's a sleeping scientist and he's sleepwalking through his lab and you press buttons to get pipes and stuff out of his way. And there are also little monsters and things. So you can watch Peanut Butter's attempt to get the world record speedrun of this game. <laughs> um, Peanut Butter doesn't get the world record, spoilers, because of uh, 
a sort of random, it's to do with a wrapping thing, but an enemy turns up where they had not prepared for an enemy to be. And uh, that means that he misses out on the time, but he does complete the game. Um, do you have any interest in speedrunning, James? Do you watch awesome games done quick? Uh, I've, I, I, I guess you have what you'd call a casual interest in speedrunning. Like, I'm like, yeah, I'll, mm. I'll, I'll put it on and like, maybe have it on for a bit. Um, but my, my favorite speedrun, and I know it's almost tediously on brand for me, but it is a Titanfall 2 run uh by a chap who goes by the name Brianato from summer games done quick 2019 um oh fun it's not the wackiest speedrun ever in terms of you know the the, the crazy stuff speedrunners do like clipping through walls or like bypassing hours and hours of a game at a time um what <laughs> i like about it is that it breaks the in-engine cutscenes to get through them faster uh in just a way that's pretty hilarious to me because some characters will just continue acting out the scene as if nothing is wrong so like there's one bit where normally you see a guy do this like slightly ridiculous spinning jump to avoid being crushed by a rolling barrel uh as and, one does. The, and the skip involves changing the timing of when the barrel appears but it doesn't affect like this character's animation so he he just like pirouettes over nothing and then disappears <laughs> into the floor. Uh, <laughs> uh, later on, there's a cutscene where normally the guy, and just for added comedy, it's the same bloke that pretended to flip over a barrel earlier. Uh, he kind of has you immobilized. Um, so he jumps onto the canopy of your Titan, your your big mech thing, uh, does yeah. a little like villain monologue, places his business <laughs> card on the canopy and leaves. Um, <laughs> what what Brian Arte does is is break the game just enough so that he still has control of his gun, which you don't normally have in the scene. And, he, oh. and when the guy appears, he just shoots him, and he dies. <laughs> and he dies. And but the the business card is like still animated normally as like a separate asset. So you just see it like dancing through the air as if it was being handled by a ghost <laughs> and before settling down on your on your Titan window. Um, if anyone, if anyone like hasn't played Titanfall two and think that just sounds naff, um, I also I think part of the reason why I find this stuff so entertaining was that it is a game that I was like very very familiar with, and obviously not to the same extent as speedrunners, but I I did know a lot of it from memory, and there's naturally yeah. going to be more of a reaction when something you are intimately familiar with gets messed around with or manipulated yeah. or skipped. Like I don't, I've I've never played, I don't know. Super Mario Galaxy. So if I was watching a speedrun of Super Mario Galaxy and someone passed through a wall and skipped half an hour of game, I'd just be like, oh, hey, they went through a wall, that's funny. But if, I, if I'd if like gone past that game, it does pass that wall a dozen times, and then saw someone like vibrate into it, I'm sure I'd be more like, oh my god, you can get through that wall? So I think <laughs> so I think like part of the entertainment value does depend on your relationship to the game, or at least like your knowledge and understanding of the game. Yeah, that's true. I think I prefer because there are speedruns of games that I really like, like um, uh, Jedi Knight Jedi Academy, which mm. is one of the like lesser Star Wars games where you like go to Jedi school <laughs> um, uh, and then get into you know scrapes and hijinks um, and end up defeating a Sith. But uh, you know, I I do like runs that take advantage of you know, the slight jankiness of games like that yeah. and the Jedi Knight, uh, Jedi Academy runs, uh, see people just like getting on those land speeder things and like smashing them at the 
the very specific rocks and stuff because then you'll like go through the the wall and skip like part of the level but I think I kind of admire more the kind of um you know like a Dark Souls speed run where you're just very good at Dark Souls uh, okay. you know yeah yeah the, I don't want to say pure because I don't want to offend any speedrunners who may or may not be listening who you know exploit glitches and stuff but I do kind of prefer the the just someone who has spent hours and hours and hours getting very good at fighting bosses or what have you I think those are great um and and the dog run is technically one of those I guess yeah. <laughs> um, if you watch but- the stream it is uh so, like it, they don't start the game for a while because the dog keeps trying to do the wrong thing and like press the wrong button and, it, and the guy gets like a little bit frustrated with him and it's like no you're not watching me look at me <laughs> like, <laughs> i know but then it's, and the dog get, has to have lots of treats and stuff obviously my like where does this arms race for novelty end james Do you know <laughs> oh yeah like, what's what's the what are some fun animals that can god they would love this <laughs> yeah he would right <laughs> a gorilla f- fucking training a gorilla to play horizon zero dawn <laughs> <laughs> have you seen that clip that people are sharing of um uh joe rogan not understanding the concept of infinite monkeys with infinite typewriters and he's just going like i don't know man they're monkeys <laughs> <laughs> i don't think they can do it <laughs> The the, the 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 dog the, I mean the dog thing like literally made me think of um the monkeys and typewriters things. I I if you put like enough dogs in front of enough controllers. Yeah. And surely one of them would be able to speedrun an NES game. Like un, unassisted. Right? I mean surely I mean this like this is just, you know, this guy has trained this dog to press a button at his command and also i think spent a year training the dog to like be able to sit still and pay attention for like half an hour because shiba inus are like they're active dogs yeah yeah uh so it you know at one one point he does like start scratching because he just has it he's just like i want to scratch like if i was a dog i'd be like i wouldn't go run around um but um i yeah and so like who does the speed run time belong to you know well, uh, is it a joint thing in um in edwin's oh no sorry matt matt jarvis's uh news post about this on rps um it's it says the dog is serving as dog assistance to the human runner so i guess it would be the human okay i wonder how they picked the game because it you it would have to be like a simple game but also one that people haven't played very much because you, if you want to go for a world record, you can. <laughs> like I don't know, I don't know, but yeah, it just made me think like what because I do like the things where people are like I'm playing goose game dressed as a goose or like, I'm playing Dark Souls with a frying <laughs> pan or whatever. But like at some point, this madness has to end. <laughs> um, but yeah, I so you can watch Peanut Butter's run, um. And I believe he's named Peanut Butter because it stands for PB. I don't know. On the Games So Quick YouTube channel or on the... You can check out the stream as well. Yeah, I, I just remembered like from a previous episode, um, 
I uh, there was a so someone rigged a rat, I think it was, to play Doom by basing them basically having them run around on a, a a polystyrene sphere, I think it was, and then so it's almost like free like a free directional treadmill, and then that makes you you know move around in the game. Okay, okay. Well, there was that um uh that goldfish that was playing Pokemon, right? I don't know that. How does that work? It was uh, so the the fish would swim to quadrants on the screen, and the area that was that it was in would dictate if it you know what it did. I uh, uh, like like a like a Twitch based Pokemon type thing. Yeah, but okay. like a a fish. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. Have you, have you ever, I think it got quite far. Have you ever attempted speed running? No, I don't have the. I like I'm one of those people who does not preheat an oven. <laughs> I don't have the patience or <laughs> s- s- like drive or just kind of self governance required to do it because I'd half ass it and then get really upset with myself and frustrated. You, you know. So some of us, you, some of us have very I, weak I, ovens, so we don't have that luxury. Um, well, I actually. I, I've never like properly. God, what, what's the, what's a past verb for this? Speed ran. I've never speed runned. I never I never speed run it. Um, sped ran. <laughs> I've never sped be runned. Um, anything in the, in the sense of like looking for like like places to skip or yeah yeah like not even like trying to be very good at something to get through it quickly. Um, I did. I think the closest I come was um, there's an achievement in Stray for finishing the game in less than two hours, and literally the day after I like finished playing it properly, I was just, I was just like I'm going for that. Um, so I didn't really. Yeah, so I didn't I didn't do any um, like fancy stuff. I just played the game more impatiently than normal and without, <laughs> and I guess with knowing all the puzzle solutions in advance, which I guess is like to a degree like an integral part of speed running. Speed running, you know, you have to play as a precognitive cat mm. to get through straight quickly, and I ended, I, I ended up doing it in uh, one hour fifty six minutes. Which was like, well done, which is James. cool, but also like slightly scary because you don't get a timer or anything. Um, so I had, like, I had no idea like how long I'd actually. Well, I had like a vague idea, but I didn't know like exactly how long. Um, what, what my time yeah. was, and then once it, once the game finished, it was like, come on, do I get the achievement? Do I get the achievement? I did. And it was great. <laughs> and that's my you... that, that's my sole achievement in 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 speed running. I thought you were going to say life. Then. Um, do you, looking back at it now, does it feel worth it? I mean, I think so. Stray's a really good game, uh, mm. but also like it's it's also like pushing the limit to which I am interested in speed running. I, well, I mean, I can do that with. I think part of the reason I wouldn't be good at speed running is that like I don't. There are very few games that I will play that much without just hating it yeah. you know even the games that i have played the most i've not played as intensely as one would need for speed running and so like finishing a game then immediately turning around to play it again like with you did with stray i cannot imagine doing oh 
that's yeah I, I actually a few, a few months ago I I, I can't I, I I've had a look but I can't remember the, the guy's name and I can't quite find him on YouTube but there was um I, I was watching a series of someone trying to set and set, set a new record in the Resident Evil 4 re- remake um Ooh. and it was it wasn't like it, it like it was heavily edited like you only ever saw like clips from each run um, but he, and it was him like talking about how he did this or like made that mistake, and so I had to like try and make up for it by doing this and so on. And it was like it was it was kind of interesting to see the process of how like a, a successful speedrun comes together. But at the same time, mm. I was thinking like, how many fucking times have you played this <laughs> the Resident <laughs> Evil Four re- remake? Like it must be exactly yeah. You must have. I think he did something like like 16 or 17 runs to get the time you wanted that's a bit much it's mad like yeah and e- e- yeah and e- like even if you get it down to you know a couple of hours that's still a, a big old big old time commitment in in a sense i suppose the the process of playing a video game for review that's like a big open world kind of rpg type thing is uh, you have to do sort of like sort of precog, like you said, speed mm. speed running, because you you're thinking like, what do? How much of any of this do I need to do to to fairly like? What can I safely kind of ignore or only interact with a little bit? Like, I don't have to do all the side quests, but I have to do like a a decent cross section. I don't have to do all the kind of finding optional stuff but i should try it a bit because i put it in the game um because it does get on my nerves when you see people say like you know like if the totality of a game includes a lot of useless shit but a reviewer is like but you can ignore that so it's a 10 out of 10 i was like but they put it in the game (laughs) that's in the game do you know yeah yeah like i don't know um so there is a a kind of shifting flowing ongoing evaluation process when you're playing like a you know 100 hour rpg or whatever where you need to be like how many of these kind of optional um quests to get a different haircut do i need to do (laughs) yeah um not many presumably but (laughs) yeah but a lot a lot of the games i'm I'm most interested for the like this, this new game's done quick. Is like are are the big massive hundred hour ones? Um, you know, Baldur's Gate Free, Starfield. Um, just like mainly, mainly just because I want to see like the contrast between mm. how someone, how I like, or someone would normally play it, versus like how <laughs> like I almost, I almost like want to see how much you can skip. And how much, how like yeah. how much, how much, how much, how much of a game is actually essential, and and how much like is is just there to, you know, to to fill it out or just for extra, um, entertainment value. Which I I I don't I guess I guess I'm not like as fussed by having um. I don't I don't want to say like bloat. Um, and I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't want to make it sound like oh, <laughs> uh, like a massive <laughs> RPG like has to be finishable in half an hour, or else it's bad. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I, I am interested in 
<laughs> like what what's the what's the actual bare bones of this game? Well, it might so the Baldur's Gate one, I don't know, but there, I know there's an exploit I think where you can like put Shadowheart in a box and then if you do it at a certain time or something, you can somehow like warp to like the final fight or something. <laughs> Or just like skip most of the game if you put Shadowheart in a chest and do a spell or something in a certain way. <laughs> That's um. Th- th- this is this is something else that blows my mind. Like, how do people discover these things? Like, how how do people make the make like the logical connection between putting this yeah. woman in a box? Oh, and oh, it'll skip me to the final boss. I mean, and, and, I and even, that, like, even stuff where it's like going out of bounds in a game, like how how do you how do you find those spots? Like you just get just rub yourself against every wall in the game <laughs> until you pass through one. Officer, please, I'm just trying to <laughs> skip to the end of the video game. <laughs> uh, I guess it must be like a systematic thing. I assume with Baldur's Gate, someone just tried putting Shadowheart in a box, and, oh, yeah, and then that's that true. happened. Might, they were like, "What?" Might just be a happy accident. Yeah, God bless him. Um, well, there's uh, all sorts of fun to check out. There's a Hades speedrun. Big fan of Hades. Uh, to check out with awesome games done quick, and you can donate to charity as well. Uh, I cannot remember which charity it is off the top of my head. I'm so sorry. But um, oh, that's the uh, awesome Prevent games. Cancer Foundation, I think. There you go, a worthy goal. Um, that is uh, the whole point of Awesome Games Doing Quick is to raise money for charity while doing speedruns and torturing a dog. So <laughs> the dog is fine, the dog is unharmed, as far <laughs> as we know. We're going to talk now very quickly about games that we've been playing at normal speed this week. <laughs> James, what games have you been playing this week? So I've once again tried getting back into Apex Legends. Uh, again, also on brand. Interesting. Um, I yeah, it's, yeah, very on brand <laughs> for you. Do you sort of dip out of it every so often? And yeah, like I haven't, I haven't played before this week. I hadn't played it for something like two or three months, um, except I think very briefly to test a monitor. Um, but yeah, I, I think I am. To use like a sporting phrase, washed up. <laughs> Interesting. I, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm past it in a, in playing Apex Legends. Um, not, 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 not the, not the game's fault. It's just, um, yeah, it's, it's just such like a, it's such a, like a pressure cooker environment, and you do have to be like com- so, so, so like on your game at all times. And I think, yeah, partly, partly lack of practice, partly also. The, uh, the gradual loss of passion that comes with all, oh. all, all, almost any <laughs> almost any game uh, means I'm just yeah not uh, not 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 getting it done in Apex like I used to. Um, I think I was like co- confidence is so so important in battle royale games. Like probably on par with, if not more important than. Like what you think of as like aiming skills or like your movement skills. Um, ah, that's interesting. Because, because it, it's you, you always like it always feels like you have something to lose in these kinds of games, whereas you which you don't if you're playing just like a regular FPS, like arena shooter or like a race or like a racing game or something. Um, like you, you can like <laughs> if 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 you fail, you've essentially 
got nothing to show for like 20 minutes of, of time and effort investment. Um, and I think that kind of like, that kind of gets to me a bit nowadays, whereas it, it didn't really used to in the past. Um, mm. that, it, it, it's, part, it's partly also why I just can't hack extraction shooters at all. Um, cause like, oh, They're very high pressure, aren't they? Lose my, lose my shit permanently? No, no way. Um, <laughs> and yeah, um, I, 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 if you don't have that confidence that you can like run into a firefight and kill five people by yourself and get out unscathed, then I think you are kind of like doomed in a sense because you, will, because you are going to be playing against people who have that confidence. And yeah, having, having that kind of like impetus um mm. is just like mechanically really really important like if so, someone who like so, someone who has the bravery to like push push over teams and like make plays will always 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 beat someone who is kind of like just hiding at the back and trying to just like not not be found or whatever which which i which i've done like in playing of games and like maybe one or two times i've managed to like scrape a win out of it through circumstance or like lucky loot drops or whatever but yeah i think to be like really successful in a game, in a game like this you need to be just a bit of a a bit of a like lunatic which <laughs> <laughs> which I, I i just don't i just don't have anymore um i've, I've yeah i've lost, lost my edge a bit i that's so interesting i hadn't thought about that as second it a yeah, there's a necessary there is like quite ingredient. A, I'm, I think you could like someone could do a fairly interesting like psychological evaluation of what people feel when they're playing like battle royale games or extraction shooters. Yeah, where just like the stakes, like the stakes obviously aren't higher. It's still just a, a video game about shooting people, but it, it like <laughs> it feel if <laughs> but but it feels higher and 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 and, the, and the, there's you know there's a lot more pressure and. Uh, drama which is you know partly why they're so popular um but yeah if you, <laughs> if, you yeah. if you kind of go in there just being like oh it might just play a bit of apex legends it's like you're probably gonna get your ass kicked uh as, <laughs> my, as mine has been repeatedly i just assumed i don't know i thought like if you i sort of felt like if you get good at a game then you will be confident going in rather than if you're confident, you'll get better at it. But I d I'm just a very nervous shooter, so it's just not for me. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I mean, it's in increasingly not uh, for me either. It, it seems. Oh, I'm, oh. I'm sorry, James. No, sorry, Jams. That's all right. Um, there are other games. I have been playing a game called Home Safety Hotline, which is uh, I would skip ahead if you don't want any spoilers because it's sort of impossible to talk about it without mentioning sort of what how it changes because it's sort of a daniel mullins games-esque game it starts as something and becomes something else but it does quite quickly um so maybe skip ahead sort of five minutes but it's a game where you work as a basically as a call center you know you answer calls for a the home safety hotline where people call up and be like hey yeah um there's stuff in my kitchen every morning I wake up there's, and there's like coffee grounds on the side and I don't know where it's coming from and then you have a little index and it has a CRT, a 90s kind of CRT computer interface so it makes your screen oh, yeah. look like an old computer which is great I love that and then you'll, you have an index 
that you so you put your melon hold and you look through your index and it will be like you know cockroaches um signs of cockroaches is that they leave droppings that can look like co- coffee grounds so you tell your man you've got cockroaches and then he hangs up and then every day you play about a week of working at this company and every day you get access to more um indexes in and information in your index and so it stop, it stops being like hey uh you know i'm having trouble with like mice or whatever and then it starts being like um i saw something with like tentacles in the my bathroom uh, okay. and like or um a woman rings up and and says like my son he said there was something in his closet and now he's gone and i can't find him and um all this kind of stuff and the advice is all like stuff you know like all the entries that that you unlock start being like you know like lamp wisp and bed teeth and (laughs) attic ghoul and whatever and it's really fun it's a nice mix in the writing of like sort of folklore monsters with like corporate speak so it's like trolls do not present a danger to humans unless provoked you know so that's really fun. Oh yeah, is is there any um, like is it is there peril involved? Like, will people die if you? I mean, yeah. So like, mi- I gave mis- that woman the wrong advice, uh... and she <laughs> gave the woman wrong advice about her son, and she rang up being like, "Jeremy," and left me a message screaming. But then, like, that was it. I didn't hear from from her again. And I sort of like that aspect of it as well that I did start playing it like I because I used to work answering phones for a pensions admin company. And I, it was a similar sort of thing where, like, eventually I started. I was, you know, like metaphorically leaning back in my chair, open mouth, chewing a sandwich, being like, "Yeah, that's your standard uh, spriggan you got there, mate." Um, that kind <laughs> of thing, a bit treating it very mundanely, which was fun. Um, there is a couple of things disappointing me about it because it, there's things where like you start getting really weird calls that are like off list almost and they've got like a big distorted voice and it's they're really weird um and then your supervisor is like we've stopped those and you never get them again (laughs) and it uh, you know there are a couple of things like that where like it's it's like it's setting something up and then that just goes um and it feels less like oh this world is very mysterious and more like you know having a plot thread unresolved or just yoinked away from it, you. Is, is, it, is it not just like trying to emulate the, I guess, the disappointment and ennui that comes with working in a call center? Uh, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a fun, short experience. Um, fairly short. I would say maybe four hours max. Okay. Um, and it's a sort of memory test because sometimes your index will go on the wonk and you have to remember what you know, might be eating a child's braces, even though your index is gone. Um, and it's, uh, if you're interested in like, you know, slightly spooky stuff, a bit folkloric, I found it charming. It's not scary. I didn't think yeah. I found it sort of nice, but uh, give it a go. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that yeah, that we'll sounds, inter- that sounds interesting, interesting to me. Cause I, I, I definitely like the kind of combination of like supernatural horror stuff. And just having this like really officious, dry description of it um yeah i guess i guess the, I guess the most famous example of that is like the scp stuff but then um there's also a lot of a lot of good stuff like that in a control in uh mm. like little case files and little pickups describing the 
all the weird, sh- all the weird shiz. So, yeah, 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 exactly. Um, I also, I, I can't remember if because this goes out when we put this up. Um, oh yeah, I can. So I've also been playing Turn It Boy Robs a Bank, um, and the embargo for that is as you listen to this listener, it would have been about three hours ago, I think. So it's been. <laughs> Do you remember Turnip Boy, James? I actually don't. <laughs> Is... So the first game was called Turnip Boy Commits Tax Evasion. <laughs> and it's it's about a world in which humans are kind of gone and the population of the world is these little sentient fruits and vegetables and foods, mostly fruits and vegetables. And the main character that you play as is Turnip Boy and it's basically a, a sort of Zelda-like it's a rip on that kind of like isometric 2D um, RPG yeah. adventure game. Uh, there are boss fights against like a giant pig that explodes into bacon when you beat it. <laughs> uh, it's very funny. And whenever anyone gives you a bit of paper, because you, you get your tax return and you just rip it up. And whenever you get any pieces of paper, you just rip it in half. Like someone makes you, gives you like a love, a, a card to give to someone else. A Valentine's card. You just rip it in half. <laughs> um, but it was very fun. And then at the end, you discover spoilers that you are the son of a, a basically a mafia family, and your name is Don Turnipcino the <laughs> second. And and in the second game, this follow up is completely different, and it's sort of uh, a rogue like. Um, you rob a bank like you you have a little home base and then every day you go to this bank and it has sort of some rng in it in that the lifts go to different floors every time um that you go in but there there are four big boss fights um that you have to get through as well and there's some sort of puzzly elements where you have to find the right things um the money that you rob you use to buy gear to uh, rob the bank better or reach these boss fights and the boss fights are things like um, a giant mutated toffee apple um, there's a cowboy sheriff guard who is uh, just a, a box of fries um, <laughs> it's great and it's it's fun I find it less fun than the first game because I think it's slightly less focused but I'm a big fan of them doing something completely different within the series and I hope they do it with a third one as well and the, <laughs> the um there are also, if you played the first one, like little callbacks. So you get given a bit of paper and it's laminated and it just says they've <laughs> learned <laughs> so that you can't tear it up. Or like the person who you didn't deliver a Valentine's card to is now a sort of like um, Mad Max pit queen and you have to like find a date for her and stuff. And all this kind of stuff. Uh, so it's it's fun it's real fun um but uh maybe not quite as fun as the first turn at boy but um yeah good and it's good bec- like uh, if you're a proper kind of you know metroidvania rogue like sort of person this is probably not going to present the sort of challenge that you'd like but if you're a casual like me mm. this is just a nice game and and you get like loads of weird weapons that you just pick up and when <laughs> When you're stealing stuff from like people at the bank, you literally pick them up and shake them. The cops are called the Fuzz, and they're all peaches. 
It's great, right? I like, I'm liking this game more of every every sentence. Yeah, check it out, Turnip Boy. I've got a plushie of Turnip Boy that Graham got me on my five years working here, and I've got the Apple Cat as well, which is a cat that is an apple. <laughs> um, it's great. Uh, yeah. So that's Turnip Boy. Um, anything else you've been playing that you want to mention this week? Ah, uh, the the only other thing I've played much of. Uh, I am under embargo uh, until next week. Ooh. Oh, mysterious! Setting yeah. things up. Which I which I won't actually. I won't. I won't be able to. I won't be. Able, I won't be on the podcast next week. I'm. I'm abroad. Oh, you so, are. Okay. Well, you. I, I just. Tell- I just. I set that up and have just. <laughs> just said there's going to be. No, there's going to be no payoff whatsoever. <laughs> Uh, Ed, 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 is, Ed is reviewing it. The game, the game I'm talking okay. about. Just, just read Ed's review. Yeah. Oh yeah, I know what that is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, well, in that case, let's uh, do a, a quick good day to wear hard, shall we? Uh, yeah. Well, it, it might have to be quick and a bit improv because um, I was going to talk about the RTX 4070 Super graphics card, uh, which I've had for about five days now but i haven't been able to use it because um it needs like uh special preview drivers which i've only got uh this morning oh, which weird. is uh okay. the, which is a morning of uh release day which isn't ideal but um yeah well, we'll I, I guess we'll see of that one uh is I- that like typically with reviewing games if you get stuff like the day of or the morning of release that's not like the best sign in the world ever is that true of hardware as well uh not really um i partly because like it's it's harder to like fuck up hardware i think i it's like 99% of hardware is just iterative um you don't, you don't, you don't, like, I can't think of, uh, like, a graphics card equivalent of Redfall, say. Mm. Um, there's stuff that's, like, maybe overpriced or, like, maybe, I don't know, maybe runs slightly hotter than would be ideal, but isn't it? there's nothing, <laughs> there, there are no, like, big technological disasters, um, really, in hardware. Like, e- either you've got the solder in the right place or you haven't, right? Yeah, 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 basically. Um, yeah, it, it it it's probably fine. Like the the standard RTX forty seventy is fine. The super, I think, costs the same and is slightly faster. So yeah, 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 yeah. It'll, be, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Probably, maybe. I don't know. Read a review. Um, actually, I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind having <laughs> another moan about um, uh, a gaming monitor um, that, we, that I covered the other day, which is the MSI Meg. God, three, two, one, URX. Um, this is a this is a four K gaming monitor that was shown off at CES twenty twenty four in Las Vegas last week, and it essentially uses AI to let you cheat at League of Legends. What? So what? <laughs> so the the monitor the monitor itself has like AI processing capabilities, and how it works is it looks at enemy movements on the minimap in league and then predicts their movements so that if so if it thinks if there are like a bunch of baddies hiding in a bush that are moving towards you it will like calculate their angle of attack based on like their previous position on the minimap and then put a little warning on screen saying something to like to the effect of watch out you're about to be ambushed from this direction and 
because it all takes place on the monitor, it won't get picked up by anti-cheat because that focuses on like software or whatever that's installed on the PC. Um, I hate it. That's not on. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I hate it. I hate the idea that you can buy your way into a competitive advantage of this degree, and I hate that. Even even if it's not as egregious a cheat as say like an aimbot or a warhack, it is automating something that in a MOBA is a very integral learned skill which is watching the minimap and like predicting those enemy movements yourself yeah yeah like i, I, yeah, I, I know, hate that I, I, I was gonna say i know you're not big into like hyper competitive wizard fight games alice um like am i being am i being too mad about this like is this did you consider this no some... <laughs> that's awful i'm not i'm not big into hyper competitive game fights but i'm big into hating rich people so. <laughs> <laughs> Boo to this. That's some fucking... Elon Musk would love that, I bet. He's going to buy... Like, it has big Elon Musk would like this vibes, which means... Someone someone who is bad at League of Legends will buy this thinking this will get me, like, the wins I deserve. It's like the the Dunning-Kruger gaming monitor. Boo to that. Yeah. Big boo to that. Mm. Um, I, will, I will say there is potential, I think, for AI AI stuff exactly like this as a kind of like training tool. Like if you were just playing offline against bots, say, it could like maybe be good for new players if that warning signal was more of a tooltip along the lines of, you're probably going to be attacked from here. Watching the minimap can help you predict enemy movements. And then that teaches them like how to better understand mm. the game and the tools that it gives you, um, but that's not that's not actually how it works or how it's being pitched, as far as I can tell. Like mm. it is just about automating this part of the game for you, which is why I find it so gross. Tech bros are just going to destroy everything, aren't they? <laughs> that's going to be what it does for us. It's innovative, not war. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, jolly good well jolly bad but, you know, um, we've got no uh, Tower of Jocularity this week because Nate is not here but um, I will take the opportunity I'm going to seize the reins and uh, self promote because my okay. new book is on pre-order now it's cool. a sequel to my first book which came out last year it's coming out May 2024 it's um, yeah follow up Next in in my cozy crime modern cozy crime series called Displeasure Island, and this time the gang go to they go on a holiday, a sort of little mini break, and uh, there encounter a bunch of very annoying wellness people, and uh, one of them dies, and uh, yeah, it, it's out. Well, it's out on pre-order now, out in May, so please think about that. <laughs> Is it available from all good book retailers? And bad, yeah. <laughs> Bortstones, e- Eason's if you're in uh, Ireland, and the Jeff Bezos store as well. And there will be an audiobook too uh, at some point. All right. Oh, who, who's, doing, who's doing it? Uh, I cannot remember her name. She's a professional audiobookster, but she's very good. Yeah, okay. yeah I haven't got like Ian McKellen or anyone to do it. <laughs> I, think me, I think me and Nate should do your next one. I don't. 
You can have a go though. Send a sample in. God, imagine Nate doing my. I was yeah. Oh God, they'd just all be. They'd all be Cockney. <laughs> Everyone in it would be Jason Statham, <laughs> except They're one who's a robot. <laughs> anyway, that was my seizing the rays of the podcast for a second. <laughs> We end every week as we are doing now because this is the end now. We finish this now um, with a recommendation that is not a video game or a dog. Um, what are you going to recommend this week, James? I'm going to recommend uh, World War Two from the Front Lines, which is a Netflix docu series um, that is made up of more, more or less entirely made up from like coloured archive footage from during world war ii um and narration and narration by john boyega i believe uh quite interesting i was was, was wondering what john boyega was up to um (laughs) we all do (laughs) uh it like it's not a fun watch if i'm honest it is still world war ii but it's it's so interestingly interesting to me to see all this footage from like basically every theater of the war that existed. It's like it really gives a sense of like the scale of the whole thing that I've never really had either from fiction or studying it academically. Um, mm. And it's not like it's not like jingoistic either. It's not like it's not like like when you see Nazis losing, there is going to be a bit. There is going to be a part of you that's like, <laughs> yeah. But that's not like the purpose. Fuck you, Nazis. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's not like the purpose of the series. It, it, it's not like, oh, then the Battle of Britain came and the, the bravery of our boys uh, saved the world, da la la. Um, that, like, that's not what it's about. It's quite like a warts and all um, yeah. telling, like regardless of which country or battle it's focusing on at a given time. Um, so if you like your, if you like your modern history, uh, that's, that's a good one to watch. What good recommendation. I grew up um, around Ramsbury and... Um, all that kind of area where and Collinbourne and stuff where all the World War Two paratroopers were trained oh, cool. for D Day or Band of Brothers and they're all like you can still go see trees with all their names carved in and stuff. Oh, neat! Super interesting. Um, that's good. Thank you. I wouldn't have struck you. Struck you. You wouldn't have struck me as a as a World War guy, but I guess that is a lot of guys from England. What's the joke? Like you have to pick a. I- a hobby or you get assigned World War Two by default. <laughs> uh, I'm not, uh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm like, I'm, I'm really not like massively into it. My, <clears throat> my, when I actually studied history, um, it was like English and Welsh history. Oh. So it, it was stuff like the Rebecca riots and people tearing down toll, toll roads and while well, dressed as women. Fabulous. Thank you, James. I am going to recommend a, well, it's I'm maybe being a bit premature, but I'm going to recommend the first episode of the new series of True Detective, which is called oh, it's called like True Detective Night Stuff, <laughs> True Detective Dark <laughs> Creatures. I can't remember. It's got a subtitle this time. Dark stuff, night creatures. Check it yeah. out. It's something to do with being in the dark or like night or something. <laughs> <laughs> um. As you may or may not know, the first series of True Detective, which is now 10 years old, was really good. That was Woody Harrelson and Matthew McConaughey. And uh, it's one of my McConaughey impressions is him in that being that time is a flat circle. And he drinks a lot and stuff. Um, and it's these two guys 
in a really hot kind of sweaty summer solving a bunch of murders and this is sort of like the opposite of that it's uh two women in the arctic in the arctic circle in alaska freezing their tits off trying to figure out why a bunch of scientists left their arctic research station in the middle of the night or the day it's hard to tell because the the cycle there is always night but um Really good first episode, very atmospheric. There's a snow, uh, a polar bear, and there's a lot of snow ghosts, and it's just yeah, interesting what it's setting up. Um, and uh, it's very, they've apparently done a lot of research into the uh, Alaskan kind of native um, peoples, and that's a big part of it as well. So I'm super interested to see where it's going and good performances so far. So that's my recommendation this week is to check that out. If it's there night all go. the time, you could call it a night country. Is that what it is? Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. yeah. Trying to be subtle. <laughs> Don't, I'm already, it's too late for me. <laughs> it's too late. Let's, let's, end, let's end this travesty. Let's... <laughs> thank you, James. And thank you, listener, for joining us for this Series 3 episode to the Electronic Wireless Show, where we talked about awesome games done quick and a dog. Um, it is uh, Rock Paper Shotgun's PC Gaming Podcast, and you can find Rock Paper Shotgun on all of your favourite and least favourite social medias. Just search Rock Paper Shotgun. You can sign up for the Discord, where you can meet people, chat about games pc stuff and also the podcast um you can email us podcast at rockpapershotgun.com if you've got questions suggestions feedback anything like that um and for all of your pc gaming needs just go to www.rockpapershotgun.com but for now it's goodbye from me alice bow and it's goodbye from the lovely jams goodbye Bye. Bye.